It's time for another episode of Dynasty Oasis Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Newts and Josh Adkins. Greetings and welcome to the Dynasty Oasis Podcast. My name is Matthew Newts. With me tonight, as always, the one, the only Joshua Adkins. You can find us both on Twitter. I am at Nasty Newts. Josh, you are at Dynasty Oasis. How's it going, man? It's going great. Uh, another uh, another night, another uh, potential twins loss and, and wild loss. What do you think? Are the wild going to get it done this tonight and stay in this series? It's really impossible to be optimistic as a Minnesota sports fan about anything. So yeah, just we'll assume see. the worst, hope for the best, be pleasantly surprised if something good happens. Yeah, if you ever wonder why we root for the Cleveland Browns and frankly why we're not uh, super negative on the Detroit Lions on this podcast, just know it's because we feel the the hurt and the pain of those cities uh, with pretty much all of our sports teams. So, uh, you know, we were pretty pretty young when, when the Twins last uh, did anything really special and it's been nothing but heartbreak since. So uh, why don't we not uh, get too depressed and why don't we talk about something different? Let's talk about fantasy football news. You ready for that? Yeah, man. Uh, or fortunately, Minnesota sports luck hasn't carried over for my fantasy football career. <laughs> I have championships to speak of. I Let me ask you a question. Well. How, how many fantasy championships, dynasty championships, would you trade for one professional sports championship? All in, of them. Uh, all of them? Yeah. I don't, I gladly, I'll take 12th out of 12 every year for the rest of my life <laughs> if I could get one Viking Super Bowl. Yeah. For a Super Bowl, I probably, I probably would take that kick in the teeth in Dynasty for the rest of my life. Not, not maybe for the, the other major sports, but definitely for a Viking Super Bowl. Um, a little bit of news today. Julio Jones potentially, um, by accident, I don't know if you knew he was live on the air, but basically, uh, let the world know that he has no interest in being in Atlanta long term. Um, sounds like Atlanta has been seeking, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, has been seeking a first round pick. They haven't been able to get it. Um, you know, this thing could go a couple different ways. It sounds like Julio is, is out of town, though. And, and instead of trying to debate, you know, where he might eventually, you know, end up, we kind of thought we would just sort of talk about the less, the rest of the Atlanta offense, assuming um julio's not going to be there anymore so um is there a guy in, in particular you'd like to start with newts calvin ridley kyle pitts how do you think this changes things for the atlanta offense assuming he's he's out the door which is not a certainty but a, a high likelihood i would say at this point yeah i think it's gonna inflate ridley's value to a point where i'll probably be out um i don't expect him to be able to uh really be that alpha type. I think he's much better served being a second banana to a guy like mm -hmm. Julio. And maybe that um, proceeds to happen if Kyle Pitts develops right. faster than we expect. Maybe then Calvin Ridley can be just fine as the the second weapon in that offense. But um, yeah, I think uh, his price will get a uh, inflation right away where I would sell Ridley, um, try and get, you know, what you expect to be maybe a first round rookie pick next year. If, if yeah, you're at least, yeah. kind yeah, of yeah. in a rebuilding mode, um, I don't know. Um, Pitts, I don't think it really changes my opinion on, um, no. I, I was starting to feel a little bullish on Matt Ryan, at least for one more year. Maybe that hurts that take a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, well, I still think he's probably undervalued. I mean, yeah. Good weapons or bad weapons. He's put up, you know, 4,200 yards and, and, you know, decent touchdown interception numbers. So he's going to have value in a, in a super flex league, especially. And frankly, um, you know, he's, we're going to talk about what we got coming up on the show in a little bit. We're going to talk uh, sort of dynasty thrift shop and some guys that are thrifty. 
Matt Ryan didn't make the list, but I thought really hard, long and hard about potentially putting him on there because he does seem undervalued. Um, this would change things a little bit for me, but not enough for me to say that he's now like a sell. He's probably more just of a, you know, you're probably not going out and buying him, but if you still have him, I think the numbers are, um, numbers are going to be there. As far as, as Ridley, I, you know, I'm less prone or, or apt to say he can or can't be a number one. Um, frankly, you know, I think people forget Ridley's a little bit of an older prospect. I don't have his age right up in front of me, but I know he was, I think, 23 coming out. So that would make him almost, I suppose, 26 now. Um, so it's not like he's old by any means, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think there's going to be a lot of people saying the second Julio Jones gets out of town, it's similar to when Roddy, Roddy White left and Julio took over. Um, and you know, he's going to go to the moon and I'm not necessarily sure, um, that I believe that. I don't know that I value him significantly different. So I'm, I'm right with you. If, if Julio Jones is eventually moved, um, I would be looking to potentially, you know, profit off a couple of Ridley shares based on just n- nothing other than narrative by the community, essentially. Yeah. And I know we said we weren't going to speculate on his landing spot and this isn't speculating. Mm-hmm. This is what you desire. If you could choose where Julio goes, where do you want him to go? Where do I want him to go? I mean, New England, it seems like a very likely spot, but that probably wouldn't be the top landing spot. You know what I'm going to say? I think it's going to surprise you, and I don't know that it's it's even all that likely, although they do have the capital to potentially make it happen. I'm going to say Miami. Okay. You know, get him down in South Beach in some warm weather. He can, you know, I think they can afford his contract, essentially. Um, and, you know, they've done some things at the wide receiver position, adding Will Fuller, obviously, bringing in Jalen Waddle. Um, do you feel really confident about the 2021, um, you know, prognosis for either of those guys? I don't, as an organization, I think they're in a position to go actually achieve something this year. That's maybe one where I would get a little bit more excited, but you know, at the end of the day, he's a descending asset. He has been for a couple of years. I don't know where, you know, wherever he goes, that's not going to really change that. So if it is a spot that fantasy managers really covet, you know, I don't, where did you have in mind? Well, Miami's interesting. I hadn't thought about them. They'd maybe get Atlanta to take back Devontae Parker in the deal or something. <laughs> but the team that kind of would excite me the most uh, probably be the Titans. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a good Pairing one. him yeah. with A.J. Brown. Uh, I know um, they brought in uh, Josh Reynolds, but I feel like they're still, you know, at least one weapon away from being a contender. So I yeah. could see them being aggressive on this. Yeah, no, I think that one makes makes a ton of sense. That one almost seems to make so much sense that you figure if he really asked for a trade in March, um, that this is maybe something that would have already gotten done here post-draft as, as you know, the Titans sort of struck out at the wide receiver position. Um, I think we should, should move on here. I will say Aaron Rodgers didn't show up at OTAs. I don't think it means anything, but it was sort of news that came through my phone today, so I just thought I'd pass it along. Uh, we're going to talk a little. We talked about this on the last episode. Just some guys, um, you know, that we have maybe a, a high ownership, maybe a surprisingly high ownership of um, in different leagues that we're in. We're not going to spend a lot of time here, but uh, I think the guy we should get out of the way right away is Jalen Darden. My guess is we both uh, own an absurd amount of Jalen Darden. You're in two leagues with me. Uh, one of them hasn't drafted yet, though, so you've only been able to snipe me on him in one. How many do you actually have, and then we can just kind of move on? 
Well, this isn't even all my leagues, but I'm a, I have 19 uh, leagues currently synced up yep. with my Dynasty GM tool, and I have him in 17 out of 19, so I'm a bit Holy ridiculous smokes. here. Uh, fortunately, he's not like a guy that I'm relying on in any sort of way, so right. this is yep. just me planting my flag. Um, I would not advise rostering a player that much across that many leagues unless they're kind of the you know a guy like Jalen Darden a young prospect that you can easily kick to the curb if you need to yeah well and let me ask you a question I, I know you can't answer this with precision but if you just had to take a guess where did you get Darden in most in most instances well or- a lot of these leagues um I think only a couple of them were startups so we're talking okay. rookie drafts yep, almost yep. every single league I got him with my last pick of the rookie draft except for the one that I'm in the same league as you <laughs> because I knew I had to take him a little earlier yeah, yeah. so I think I played off my board a little bit more for that pick. I got him at the end of round three. Most of MFL leagues are only four rounds, so he yep. was uh, a pretty easy fourth round pick for me in uh, all my MFL leagues. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a pretty. I, I'd be curious to hear if anybody out there on Twitter has a more uh, a higher percentage of shares, maybe you know minimum five leagues or something like that of a of a guy because that's that's pretty insane. I have five out of seven. Um, I'm in eight leagues. One of them hasn't drafted yet. Um, I think we should move on. We both love Jalen Darden. You could get him pretty much anywhere you really felt like the board um, just matched up at that point. So I got him in the third a couple times. I got him in the fourth. I got him in the fifth. It, it, he's been all over the place for me, but I've got five shares. So that's 63% uh, roster ship right now. I'll, I'll just transition it to my number one guy, not named Jalen Darden. Um, and it really shouldn't be that surprising if you've listened to this podcast at all. It's Brandon Ayuk. I have five shares of, of Ayuk. Um, he's my most, you know, rostered player coming into the rookie draft season. Like I said, Darden uh, tied him. But if I had to guess, uh, I won't have all five of those Darden shares maybe come the start of the season because some of them are shallow leagues. So uh, Brandon Ayuk, I, I'm, I'm fascinated with what he can be as a player. I feel like we were both kind of ahead of the curve on this one and saying that he's not Debo Samuel 2.0. He's an entirely different um, and more diverse, you know, skill set of a player. Uh, love me some Brandon Ayuk. I still think he's a buy. I don't know that the community has still really fully caught up um, on how good this kid's going to be. Totally agree. I've been trying to scoop more Ayuk shares as often mm-hmm. as possible myself. Um, I only have four shares, but uh, a okay. lot of these teams were orphans I took over last year that I haven't really had a chance to make my own yet. Um, one rookie, the the other rookie that I have a high ownership of um, six shares of, I have two players with six shares out of 19. Ramondre Stevenson surprisingly ended up on a lot of my teams. I thought he was really good value. I was getting him um you know pretty late in my rookie draft so he's on a lot of squads the name that didn't surprise me at all to see tony pollard at six Mm. shares i am you know team fade zeke so Pollard's uh a guy i really like talent wise and like you preach uh um talent over opportunity baby yep yep we're both on that that zeke train and and it feels like we're out on an island nudes because i don't see very many people saying uh, anything other than he's a top five, at least redraft running back, which I think is crazy. But I think there's a sentiment out there that he's a top five dynasty guy. And I'm just, I, I don't really see what the community sees on this one. And I think you're in the same boat. Yeah. And if he has a great year, if he runs for 1400 yards and 12 uh-huh. touchdowns, you know, it wouldn't shock me, but I'd rather be a year early on this than a year late. And I think a lot of people are going to be caught with their tail between their legs on Zeke. Like a lot of people were with Le'Veon Bell. 
Sure, absolutely. I'll get uh, I'll get us to another rookie. Uh, this one is kind of a surprise as well. Jamar Chase. I ended up with four Jamar Chase, uh, four Jamar Chase shares in in seven leagues thus far. I've got one more to draft. I won't get him there. So about a fifty percent, uh, you know, roster ship for Chase. Um, I had him as the one hundred and one in a tier to himself in single quarterback, which meant, you know, I was taking him at five in superflex and at one hundred and one in in two instances in. Um, in uh, rookie drafts, and and actually we took him in a startup. So um, I'm I'm all in on Jamar Chase. I'm all in on Joe Burrow. I wish they'd have done more to uh, make me feel good about Joe staying upright and healthy for the full year. But um, I really think that this is this has got a chance to be a really special pairing. And and uh, you know Chase is a phenomenal talent on top of it all. So yep, love me some Chase. Who who do you got next? Um, a few guys that won't be a surprise, uh, if you know me, Trey Lance, five shares, CD lamb, five shares. Uh, I don't really need to explain those. I think CD lambs, my, you know, probably my favorite wide receiver in the NFL. I'll just jump in and say, I have four Trey Trey Lance shares. Now I'm in, I'm in a a far more amount of single quarterback leagues, um, than you are, but I would say that's sort of me, uh, just kind of advocating for what we've kind of talked about on in, in previous shows. In single quarterback, Trey Lance, in my opinion, should be the quarterback one because what you're really shooting for is upside. You're looking for league-winning seasons, not, you know, how many top 15 can you give me. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, you're I'm, good. I'm That's huge a... ownership of him as well. So unsurprising that two Minnesotans own uh, a lot of Trey Lance. Yeah, and you should bring that up um... – rather frequently for new listeners uh there is a big difference i totally agree with you i've yeah. seen the light on the the lance versus lawrence debate whether we're talking super flex or single qb uh the next guy up on my list for me is a guy that the first guy that kind of surprised me um, okay. odell beckham jr i have five shares really? of, and he's been kind of a guy that I, I i guess now that i think back on it i have drafted him in a few of my startups this year and I have, I think, traded for him twice. Like, I, I feel like the value's bottomed out too much on Odell. Uh, I still believe there's a really gosh darn good wide receiver there. And I think for the price, I think he's just a really good um, addition right now to your teams if you can afford it. No, I love that take. I, I don't know quite where my – I knew I do have at least one share of Odell, but I think you're right. He's he's being undervalued right now, and maybe just maybe he'll come up in our, in our next segment. Um, I'll, I'll mention a quick couple names here. Dallas Goddard, I've actually mentioned in the past that I'm considering maybe diversifying off of Goddard in a couple spots just because tight end is such an, you know, just an injury riddled position throughout the year. Um, I love Goddard as a prospect or, you know, just as a, you know, up and coming player. Uh, 50%, you know, roster ship is maybe a little bit too much exposure. I may look to move off some of that. Uh, Van Jefferson is a guy I liked last year. That's probably a miss, but uh, he's showing up in a, in a lot of places. And, and you know, Antonio Gibson, um, this is a guy actually I was not uh, I was not banging the table for last year the way certainly others in the industry were. Uh, but I've been able to pick up and acquire in a couple different spots. I don't know. You know, in some instances, it's managers maybe not quite believing what they had. I've traded for him in, in a couple different spots. And we we got him in that startup as well. News, didn't we? Yeah, so, we did. Yeah, I'm quite big on Gibson. We've we've talked plenty about the Washington football team and how much we like that offense. Um, I'm really excited for the uh, three shares and, you know, 38% that I got. Without a doubt. Yeah, um, I don't really have a whole lot more. Is there anyone else you want to kind of point out that you have a high 
the only other up. one that I think is worth bringing up is is Jamal Williams. I've got three out of eight shares of Jamal Williams, and actually we will talk about him in the next segment. So why don't we just move it on to that? Um, this next segment we're calling Dynasty Thrift Shop. I don't know, real quick, Newts, have you been to a thrift shop ever before? Have you actually ever done this? Because I'm I'm not sure that I ever actually have really. I don't know. Would you game. consider like a Goodwill a thrift shop? Kind of. Yeah, yeah, I guess so that falls I, into that. A little bit, but okay. not not often. All right. Well, the idea here is that, you know, at a thrift shop, you're going to pay a little price because it's probably something that's been used before. You know, somebody, uh, you know, if you're talking about clothing, maybe uh, stained it or did something to it that, you know, didn't want anymore, sold it off. But I also, you know, every once in a while I'm browsing through the Internet and I see something like somebody bought a painting at a garage sale. Uh, just for the frame, and then they took whatever the painting out, out was, and something really important or expensive was on the back side of it, and that nobody really knew. That's what we're kind of talking about here. We're trying to find some diamonds in the rough, some players that their value is not expensive um, in terms of dynasty value, but we think that there's maybe either high upside or that you know that you can just get them at such a steal that they're they're worth talking about. So that's kind of the bit here. We're going to go through this player by player. We're going to talk about kind of the, the the player in question, kind of maybe what type of team should be looking to buy. And then I've sort of hidden a, like a dynasty price tag, if you will. And we're going to reveal those kind of on air and let Newt's um, kind of react, kind of talk through maybe some of the different possibilities of prices he could play, pay for these players um, and maybe which one he's taking, which ones he's turning down, or maybe how he tweaks some of these. Uh, I will say I, I generated all of these, uh, you know, sort of hypothetical trades uh, using both the uh, Dynasty GM's trade calculator as well as a uh, uh, the Dynasty Dominator trade calculator app I have on my phone. So it's kind of going back and forth and kind of cross-checking some of this stuff. Um, so we'll see both how, you know, closely you agree with some of those values and, and if you'll pay the freight on some of these uh, thrifty players. Should we get into it, Newts? Yeah, let's do it, man. Who do you want to go with uh, first? Well, let's start with the quarterback. I mentioned that I, I debated putting Matt Matt Ryan in here, um, and I didn't. And and the reason is is that you know Jared Goff to me, I you know he never really enthuses anybody when you bring his name up. And I know he was traded for you know I, I, Stafford was obviously in the deal, but essentially he was a throw in in a deal that sent him to a new city, a team with no wide receivers. All of that is is absolutely true. I also think that there's a possibility that Detroit doesn't have a way to meaningful address, meaningfully address the quarterback position next year. I think most people are looking at this like, well, you're going to get one year of production and then who knows? I don't know that that's such a certainty. And I think Jared Goff, for a guy who's a the number one overall pick and has a starting job in a super flex league, by the way, all of this stuff we're going to be talking about is in a super flex tight end premium context. So, um, I just think he's an interesting guy in super flex leagues in terms of the the cost to acquire him um, and sort of his outlook maybe being more rosy than maybe people would would indicate. What are your thoughts on on Goff? We both have him kind of in the same range range in terms of our ranking. Um, but do you agree with me that he's a va- at the very least you you would agree that you can get him for a pretty cheap price even in Superflex? Yeah, uh, he's kind of the name that, um, for whatever reason, I've been thinking about the most on this whole list. Um, I think I was wrong about him in my initial take after this trade. I I still think Jared Goff sucks, but what has <laughs> changed for me 
is um, I think this is a really good situation for him for at least a year where I think, yeah, you can get him for nothing now because people see this as such a bad spot where this team's not going to be good. They're going to be losing by double digits and 12 out of their 16, 17 games. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, There's going to be a lot of garbage time hero to Jared Goff. And yes, he's not great, but he has the arm to make all the throws like there's nothing physically limiting him i think what limits him is uh between the ears unfortunately but i don't see any reason jared goff can't have a kind of a stupid fantasy season where he's just not efficient but Mm -hmm. volume will lead him to 4500 yards and maybe pushing 30 touchdowns he might have 30 picks to go along with it but i could i could see a Jameis winston season from two years ago the old 30 for 30 so I think I'm all in on buying him right now and trying to sell him next offseason if he's coming off a productive fantasy season. Yeah, well, and I wonder, you you brought up that, you know, a lot of his problems are between his ears. The arm is really good. Um, I would agree with you, and I think this this scheme, this system, whatever you want to call it, that Campbell and, and the, the coaching staff there is looking to um, install, it's going to be pretty simplistic. It's not well, going to be— Well, they brought in Anthony Lynn, right, from the Chargers yes. as their O.C.? Correct. And, you know, obviously, I don't think he was running the offense in in L.A. last year, but obviously oversaw the development of Herbert. I I think the offense will simplify. But I think if there was a a limiting factor in Goff's play, it's certainly not his arm. It's his his mobility and ability to create outside of structure. The thing I like about that is, yeah, Detroit doesn't have great weapons. What they do have is a pretty gosh darn good offensive line. Obviously, Penny Sewell is really good. Um, but the other pieces there are, are, you know, it wasn't like they were in a desperate spot to get Penny Sewell. They they took him because he was a blue chip player and the yeah. highest rated guy on their board, a building block. But it wasn't like this was offensive line number 32 in the NFL to begin with. So you're talking about a really good group that can keep him protected, that can keep him clean, that can keep him confident in the pocket, frankly. I think, you know, protected and when he can step into a throw, he's just about as accurate as there is in the NFL. He's very Matt Ryan in that sense. So, yeah, I I really think that there's a buy. How about, you know, in terms of dynasty, if you are looking to acquire Goff, is there a particular type of dynasty team you think he fits best on? You know, if you're contending, if you're rebuilding, is there, you know, an avenue you want to go with this here before we kind of look at the prices? Um. I think if you're a contender, he's the perfect kind of guy to add for your QB three, just a guy that in case of emergency break glass and there you go, you got him. Um, If you're kind of middle of the pack, um, maybe you got a really good QB one, but you know, you're, you're hoping for like a Ryan Fitzpatrick or something else. Like he'd be a good guy to add in as competition. I think anyone can make this acquisition. I don't think you need to be a contender or a rebuilder. I think this is a, this is a guy that I would, buy now and flip down the road for a profit. I think you're pretty likely to get a profit on the investment. So I think anyone could really consider adding him. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the price tag here. Let's flip that thing over and, and uh, I'll read them off here and we'll just, I'll read them one in a row and, and uh, you can kind of react here in a second. So the three different prices, and I've got three prices for all of these players. Uh, one would be Jameis Winston in a 2022 second. That's a mid or random second. Uh, a 2022 first straight away. Um, and then the third offer would be Michael Gallup and, or well, excuse me, Michael Gallup or Corey Davis. So one of those wide receivers and 
Miles Gaskin or Chase Edmonds. So one of those two running backs. So you kind of get uh, to pick your poison a little bit with that third one. Why don't you start with the two that have the draft picks? Do either of those interest you or those prices you'd pay for Goff? Um, and, you know, maybe looking at it from the other way, if, if you know, you're me and you're the, the store owner here, is that actually a price you'd sell for? I think the one that I would most likely spend to get Goff would be Jameis in the 2022 second. Yep. That, um, yep. I, I just don't trust Sean Payton's not going to do the right thing. <laughs> And make yeah. Jameis Winston the starter. I think we're going to see way too much Taysom Hill. Um, so that's the kind of the juiciest package for me if I'm looking to acquire Goff. I'd scoff at giving up the, a random 2022 first. That's kind of not really my MO. I don't like trading picks yeah. that far down the road if I can't help it. So that's one I would um, kind of resist. You'd, you'd really need to be in a pretty strong position where – you really are making Goff your third and your top two or, you know, Mahomes and Herbert or something. Right. And you, you've got a really strong team behind it. And even then that one, that, that one to me also felt like the most of a stretch. How about the, uh, the combination of a wide receiver and a running back? Is there anything there that intrigues you? Yeah. If I'm a contender, um, this seems like a kind of a depth play, uh, moving some depth pieces on a contending roster. So if I'm a contender, I would rather do something like this. Like if Michael Gallup and Corey Davis are probably your wide receiver five and six, six and right. seven yep. type thing. Uh, Trent Gaskin would be the the toughest pill to swallow for me. I, I, I do believe in him. Uh, Edmonds, I think um, I might be a seller right now on Edmonds. I just don't see him um, living up to the value he currently sits at. Well, let me ask you this, because I, I think you're right. I think this this would be the trade that you're making if you're a contender, which I guess doesn't necessarily have to be the case, but it sort of implies that the team you're dealing with um, is maybe sort of on the inverse end of that, where they're kind of trying to rebuild. That's why I kind of like Michael Gallup. Um, I will say, just in terms of where we have him ranked, as well as sort of what I was seeing in the calculator. What if I threw AJ Dillon into this mix and you're a, you know, uh, contending team, would you give up AJ Dillon and Michael Gallup, let's say, uh, to go get Jared Goff? Yeah, I would. I okay. just don't really see the, the runway for AJ Dillon right now. So I think, uh, his value is only going to decrease for the next year. And then, um, you know, maybe down the road he gets more of an opportunity. Um, I just I think now's the time to maybe get out on Dylan, um, unless you're willing to be really patient. Patient, yeah, you're gonna have to be patient on that one. So the the deal that you said you liked the most was Jameis Winston in the 2022 second. Maybe some other quarterbacks for managers out there who you know we could replace Jameis Winston with in this conference because obviously not everybody's gonna have Jameis Winston. Do you think if you did Ryan Fitzpatrick, do you think you would get a similar uh, similar feedback from another manager, Drew Locke, Dan Jones, or any of those? Do, do you feel like they're similar? Would you do that type of, of deal right now? Kind of maybe some other names that, along with Jameis that kind of fit into that conversation. Yeah, I think so. I think if you interchange them with guys from, you know, kind of our same tiers and our rankings ben, and Dynasty, yeah. Oasis.com, those other names make, you know, makes sense to me as well. I, even though I don't trust Sean Payton, I also don't trust Drew Locke. So if you want to throw his name in, yeah, I'll, I'm all for that. All right. Well, yeah, that was one of our, I would say that's one of the more premium assets that are in this show. There's one probably pairing that's, that's a little bit more um, high end names, but let's move something that's really more on the thrifts, the thrift show side. Um, it's like the Michael P Ryan. Geez, sorry. I can't, I can't talk right now. 
He is a tier eight running back for both of us. Uh, obviously plays for the Jets. Everybody's very, very excited about M- Michael Carter. And, you know, with with some, you know, reason to be, he's a, a pretty dang good player. It was at college, at least. They bring in Zach Wilson. They bring in Elijah Vera Tucker. Makai Becton can move mountains. I, there's there's reasons to be encouraged. However, he is not a 20-plus touch a game back. He's maybe not a 12 to 15 a, a week touch, uh, you know, type back. In my opinion, at least. Now, he may prove otherwise. I've heard Devonta Freeman as a comp. That seems far-fetched, but, you know, it's possible at least. I think the Michael P. Ryan's a pretty good player, and I, I think he has every bit the opportunity to go ahead and run with this job. I, I'm having a hard time deciding if, if, if there's a particular type of team that makes sense for the Michael P. Ryan, or if it's not just whether contending or rebuilding, this is a guy who's I think, value is going to go up by, you know, double over the course of this season. I really believe that. And I don't, I don't see him being valued that way. So that's why he came up on this list for me. What were your thoughts when you saw his name on this one? Yeah, I have been seeing him going later than he probably ought to in the few startups that I'm kind of navigating through right now or just finished. Uh, He falls squarely into the kind of depth running back dart throw. I think we need to take shots at. Um, Yep. I think there's a chance LaMichael P. Ryan is something this year. And with how shallow the running back pool is right now, it's really pretty gross when you're drafting and you have to try and get your RB3 and your RB4. And you're like, am I really drafting Devin Singletary again? Uh Like, I don't even uh like Devin Singletary. So these are the kinds of guys you need to just take shots on. Yeah, maybe four out of the five ain't going to work out, but you just need to hope that one of them does just to add that value and give you some depth. Mm -hmm. So I think this is the type of guy any team should be looking to acquire, just kind of like Goff. I think it's a chip chair chance type situation. We've noted some of Michael Carter's potential limitations in pass mm-hmm. protection. If LaMichael Pirine can even do that well, like I think there's plenty of opportunity for him to see the field this year. I'm not writing him off because of Michael Carter. Yeah, and I, I'd like to also say, you know, I'd have to bring up my rookie ranks from last year, which I, I'm not going to do right this second. If I'm not mistaken, I had him seven, probably right behind Keyshawn Vaughn last year. So it's not like this is a sort of, I can't wait to see if he can get volume. No, I thought he was a pretty dang good player at at uh, at Florida. He he showed out at the Senior Bowl last year. Um, he's an interesting prospect to me. And, you know, um, there is a, you know, there's there's room for two guys in that backfield. Let's just put it that way. And, you know, a, a favorable system for his skill set, I think. Assuming right. Sala is going to bring in a lot of what he did in San, or what they did in San Francisco um, to this Jets team, which I, I think to, to a large degree he will. Uh, let me uh, flip this, the the uh, price tag here and let you look at the prices. So, Lamichael P. Ryan, these were these were the offers that I came up for as as potential ways that you could go get Lamichael P. Ryan, and I. I think they're just all, frankly, deals that I would do. But let me read them off. So it's a 2022 fourth-round pick, uh, a random one. I, Frankly, once we get beyond the first and second, I'm not going to really bring up. They're just fourth-round pick. Uh, Brandon Cooks or Mecole Hardman. Um, and then a pair of tight ends, Dawson Knox and uh, the new Seattle Seahawk, Gerald Everett. Are there any of those names you want to start with? Any that I'm way off base on, you think? Uh, go ahead and start us. 
Well, I think the 2022 fourth is absolutely I'm making that trade if I have the room on my roster for it. Um, that would really be the only limitation for me not doing that is if I just if you're in a shallower league and you just, you know, can't afford to add him. But otherwise, uh, I think I'd be pretty likely to trade Cooks. Um, I'm not quite ready to give up on Hardman that was, cheap. Yep. I was wondering what you'd say on Hardman because I know you feel it feels like depending on the day, you're like, I'm done with this guy or or you're like, oh, there's I still like the talent and there's something there. And so I was curious. I was curious to, to hear your answer on him. Well, when you're talking a guy that just ran like a four two two forty supposedly <laughs> in a practice with Justin Jefferson and uh, wasn't like Devin White there. Devin White ran. Fast I actually didn't Je- see Justin this. You're, you're, OK. You're, so uh, Hardman, Ruggs, Jefferson, and for some reason Devin White raced okay. each other. They timed 40s stopwatch, so yeah, say yeah, what so, you will. Right, but Hardman yeah. ran the fastest of the four. He beat Ruggs uh, by like, you know, Hardman was like a 4-2-2, Ruggs 4-2-4. Okay. Devin White was like a 4-4, and Jefferson was a 4-5. So yeah, sounds, with that kind of speed yeah. with Mahomes, I'm, I'm not quite ready to give up on that. Yeah, no, I, I don't blame you. And so, yeah, actually hearing that, I how about the two tight ends, Dawson Knox or Everett? Are there one of them that you're maybe high enough on that you'd be holding for Piran? I do kind of like both of them, but um, these are probably your tight end two, maybe three. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, you know, as long as you're more comfortable with your starter or you're not relying on the, these guys to be your starter, I think that's fine. Perfect. Uh, okay. Well, then uh, let's. Uh, how about your just your favorite? The one you'd pay the most is the fourth. Do you think that would get it done? And let me let me just ask it this way: He was available in a bunch of my FFPC rookie drafts, which of course go seven rounds. I got him in the sixth and fifth round, indicating to me that at least in some of these more shallow formats, a fourth rounder might just be a layup smash, except for certain teams, depending on your format. So, but is that the one that you would probably start with if you're looking to acquire? Yeah, I think I'm actually going to make some of these offers and some of my orphan teams that are just kind of shoddy at running back right now. I need to just start throwing out 2022 fourth round picks to try and add some depth. Perfect. Well, then let's stay on the running back position. We'll move up the uh, the ladder a little bit. We're moving to a, to a rack with a little bit more, uh, maybe more some some high-end stuff, maybe some, you know, uh, I don't know what's a is Gucci. Do people, do people care about Gucci or Versace? I don't know some expensive brand that maybe I don't know somebody put a cigarette burn or something in, and now you can get these discounted prices <laughs> on. So uh, the guys we got here and they're in a little bit different tiers for both for the two of us. Or let me put it this way: I'll just read the names: Daryl Henderson, Jamal Williams, Gus Edwards, and James Conner. So these four are all on the rack in front of us. Henderson, we we both have ranked a little bit ahead of these guys, uh, the, the the other three, Williams, Edwards, and Connor that I just read. Uh, but I included him here because I feel like the community has got these guys much more even than maybe we do. And I think that speaks to us both being a believer in the talent of Henderson, despite, you know, Akers obviously being there and, and being a fan of him. So let's talk through these, these four running backs. Is there a particular one you want to start out with, a particular one of these that you just want to just put back on the rack right away. Where do you want to go? Well, they're all pretty much presumed to be RB 
twos on their own team. So I think that's an interesting way to group them together. Mm -hmm. In a weird way, the guy I like the least, James Conner, I guess has the clearest path to winning his starting job in Arizona. He's got to beat out Chase Edmonds, whereas Edwards has to beat out Dobbins or Williams has to beat out Swift or Henderson has to beat out Akers, Uh the three three of the Uh premier rookie backs from last year. So... Uh, even though Connor is probably the guy I'm most likely to poo-poo, maybe he's the one that's maybe kind of a best value right now of the well, four. When you lump them together, yeah, I think he's the most likely to uh, take the the grand amount of the, the goal line work for that team. I think, you know, uh, 200 carries, assuming he can stay healthy, is is pretty easily uh, within his, his range of outcomes. So, you're not wrong, and I'm with you. I think if you, if we were rating NFL talent, who do I want, uh, you know, in order for the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, James Conner probably falls last on that list. Oh, but in easily. terms of in terms of dynasty, and really, we're looking at one year production here for all of these guys. If we can get it, you know, um, even though Henderson's young, obviously he's sort of you know blockaded on his own team. But um, I think you know he's got high upside with even limited touches. Point being. Um, these are all guys that are more depth pieces and, and so on. Is there really a particular team? I think Henderson could probably go either way in terms of rebuilder or contending team. I think, you know, in terms of what you have to pay and what the potential upside is, I think just about anybody could acquire him in terms of Williams, Edwards, and Connor. I think if you're not projected in the top half of your league, I'm not really looking, I'm not all that interested to make any of these deals. So you're more on the, um, the seller side of this this side of the, the coin. But at the same time, um, yeah, I think all three are, are buyers. Should we just get to the prices here, Newts? I don't have a lot else to say on these guys unless you do. Yeah, not unless we wanted to single someone out. But, uh, yeah, let's talk price. All right, so here are the prices. I got to hit the highlight button. There we go. Uh, Brian Edwards or Paris Campbell is the first uh, potential price you could pay for one of these guys. Uh, a 2022 third. Um, I put mid to late, but essentially just a random third or Evan Ingram. Um, again, we kind of talked about, you know, now that you've said James Conner might, you know, have the clearest path. Is that the one that you would most likely buy? And, and which one of these offers do you actually like the most? No, I'm not buying James Conner. <laughs> I, I made the case for it. If you want to, that's fine. But yep, uh, yep. the talent, I'm still buying the guy that I like talent-wise the most, and that's Daryl Henderson. But other than him, uh, Jamal Williams, I think, is kind of a guy we all need to be targeting. So I think if you said Evan Ingram for Jamal Williams, most, fan, most dynasty managers – uh, that aren't super up on it, I think would jump at the chance to get Evan Ingram for Jamal Williams. Is that something that would, would scare you away? Would you try to pick up more on the other end, or would you be just fine doing doing a deal like that? No, I wish we disagreed more, but we're both kind of just flat out out on Ingram. So, yeah, um, yeah I would make that trade. Um, uh, I, I think that's a trade that if you offer, if you are like us and just aren't willing to wait on Ingram forever, I think you can get an accept eight times out of 10 if you're offering him for one of these guys. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. How about Brian Edwards or Paris Campbell? I think, you know, in terms of punching these into a calculator and take that for what it's worth, this these two felt like the guys that were most overvalued in terms of what it would, you know, in terms of matching prices, essentially. These two guys actually pretty handedly would win this trade, and I think these are slam dunks that I would do 
10 out of 10 times for all four of these running backs. But I, I wonder if the community really is valuing it as lopsided as the calculator was sort of pointing out. Yeah, if you told me running back was just as deep as wide receiver, I like right. the talent of, well, Campbell at least, I like talent-wise yeah. better than the running backs. I was never a big Brian Edwards guy, but when you factor in the fact that I don't know how many times I need to say it, but receivers insanely deep and running yeah. backs pretty insanely shallow. So, yeah, I'm making that deal. All right, absolutely. Well, let's move on to the last running back, running backs actually then. Um, and these two are more highly priced. Again, we're moving up to a, a little bit higher price stuff. Um, I'm not going to make another bad joke about some sort of brand. So let's just get into it. Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery. Um, frankly, I'm pretty proud of the community on both of these uh, these guys in terms of where I sort of thought the value might go um, and how the community has remained pretty steadfast. And, you know, they've only ever climbed to a certain level. And um, you know, Josh Jacobs has some really big fans out there, and even that sort of steam has really backed way off. I think, you know, you mentioned how thin running back is. I think we're actually at a point where this is sort of the bottom tier. These are the non-sexy premier names, the names that if you're going to go get yourself an actual, you know, week one starter, these are the two that might be the most affordable. And so that's sort of why they came up here for me on this list. Uh, what were your thoughts on the two kind of when you saw this pre-show? Yeah, I realized that I might need to move Josh Jacobs down even more because I'm totally out on him. Um, I know okay. I have them both in the same tier in my rankings, but both do, I guess yep. if I'm chasing someone of this ilk, it's Montgomery pretty easily for me right now. Not that I'm a huge Montgomery believer. I just don't understand the direction the Las Vegas Raiders are taking with this offense and just the organization and you know, as a whole, they're kind of locked into Gruden for better or for worse. Uh, him and Mayock have got to be smoking some funky stuff on uh, <laughs> when they're getting ready to make decisions, man. Signing uh, what's his face from Arizona, um, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, Drake no, made no the, sense. The the line or the offensive line decisions they've made right. wasn't fond of it. So I'm pretty out on Jacobs right now. All right. Well, and I, I think that's why he makes this list, because everything is actually in the wrong direction for him. I think with Monty, it's much more a case of, you know, people are leery of the they know how soft the eight game schedule was last year. Everybody talked about it. We talked about it on this show. It, we certainly weren't the only ones. Right. Yeah. Um, they've not really pushed his value yet to where um, the production, you know, would sort of match it for a player of his age. So I still think that there's a potential buy opportunity, especially now that they got Justin Fields. I'm not a huge believer of the talent, but they just traded a bunch of future assets away. So they're once again in a position now where you don't just have the luxury of, ah, yeah, in the second, third round, let's take a running back. They're going to pick her at a premium for the Bears the next year or so. So I don't think he's getting necessarily replaced. Now I like Khalil Herbert and Tariq Cohen's coming back. At the end of the day, I think he's – for his price right now in Dynasty, as much as I'm not a fan of the talent, I think he's actually a bargain. I have a hard time actually advocating going and buying, but let's take a look at these prices and and see maybe what your thoughts are on our, how I would potentially go look to attack these guys. So here we go. Uh, Debo Samuel and a 2022 second. I said early to mid there, so this would be sort of the rebuild is complete. You're looking to kind of go from maybe bottom three to five of your league to top half, if not into the, you know, into the top three, top, you know, money places. 
Uh, Julio Jones and Sam Darnold, potentially if you're um, kind of a contender and looking to get away from a running back. And then Odell Beckham, who I mentioned would come up a little bit uh, later. And Mike Davis, the newly signed Atlanta running back with uh, enormous quads, apparently. Uh, (laughs) Seeing those three prices, your thoughts on, you know, it sounds like you're out on Jacobs and that's, that's fine. How about for Monty? Any of these make, make sense, interest you? Man, the first two for me are really tough. Um, okay. I would have to be pretty desperate for a starting running back. Um, I don't like to make trades out of desperation, mm-hmm. so I'm mm-hmm. probably out on Debo in the second. I, I don't like that um, Wouldn't cost. That. Okay, yep, so, yep. Uh, Julio and Darnold, uh, we're talking super flex. I think I can get something pretty good for Darnold midseason. I actually think he's going to do really well this year, so okay. I'm probably out on that. Um, the one I think I would do is Beckham and Davis, even though I said earlier this show, I am buying shares of Beckham. And I think now is the best time you'll ever get to sell Mike Davis. So yeah, uh, I, I think just positional scarcity. I don't need to keep saying that. That's why I'm making that deal. No, I, I liked that one. That was the last one I was able to come up with. And I kind of thought that was an, an interesting offer that, you know, could get some accepts. You know, it's hard. Mike Davis has steam that maybe these other two guys that I'm about to mention don't have. But I wonder if you substituted, you know, obviously not everybody has Odell Beckham either. So maybe a slightly more attractive wide receiver than Odell Beckham and Miles Gaskin. You know, a guy that we've also talked about is, you know, they didn't address the position at, you know, in the draft. And so people are now, oh, it's wheels up for Miles Gaskin. And he got this, you know, narrative based, volume based, you know, artificial bump not based on his talent. I think you could substitute some different guys into this spot for Mike Davis, but, but I'm, I'm with you. That is the one that was um, the one that I liked the best as well. So I'm glad we're, we're in lockstep there. What would you rather do? Would you rather start knocking off some of these wide receivers? Or do you want the last quarterback? Uh, let's get the, the last quarterback out of the way. I'm curious right. if you feel a lot. I think you feel a little more strongly about him than I do. I think I probably do, but we are dumpster diving. I mean, in terms of the, the trade calculators that I looked at, even in Superflex, this guy was bordering on the least valuable player in terms of lifetime value. Um, honestly, as much as, you know, I think he is going to have a starting job, he hasn't exactly been spectacular in his starts recently. We're, we're of course, talking about uh, Tyrod Taylor, uh, potentially the Houston quarterback. Now, it's interesting. They brought Davis Mills in, and right after rookie minicamp or whatever, they signed uh, both Ryan Finley and, and one name that I'm uh, forgetting off the top of my head right now. They've got three other guys, essentially. There's no guarantee Tyrod's um, the quarterback here. But if he is, I, would it shock you if he was the quarterback 24 on the year? I, I It really wouldn't shock me, and, and – um, for what you have to pay for him right now, I mean, even in Superflex, you can get him for wide receiver fours and, and the last picks in drafts. And I don't know, he seems almost, you know, nobody's, again, ever free. We've talked about this before. Everybody costs a roster spot. He's as close to free as it gets. And so I think in terms of a dynasty thrift shop uh, type show, I think he, he deserves at least to be mentioned on this list. Yeah, and uh, quarterback 24, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, if he has that job, he's. Um, I think it's pretty gosh darn hard not to be quarterback 24 if you just stay healthy and play the whole year. Sure. But if you're if you're talking per, a per-game basis, he's. I can't imagine him being much higher than bottom of the barrel. So 
Um, yeah, for a depth play, I think that's fine. If you want to handcuff Deshaun Watson, I think it's fine. Like you said, it's not going to cost you much, so I'm not going to get mad at you if you acquire him. Yep. But I don't know. I would aim a little higher. Well, then let's let's look at the prices here. So hearing your, your response there on Taylor, my guess is I put a 2022 fourth up here. My guess is at that price, you're probably you're looking to pay less than that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then how about the, let's let's talk about these two then. Maybe that's a little bit high. Maybe let's say a fifth is maybe where you'd uh, maybe sort of the highest you'd pay. How about one of the tight ends in either Dallas, Los Angeles, the Chargers that is, or um, in Cleveland? Would you give up any of those potential players if you could find an owner who was was interested? Probably Joku. Probably um, Jarwin. I guess. Okay. Um, Jared Cook, Schultz sure. Yeah, yeah, well, Jared Cook, yeah, that's, yeah, but but, but par, I mean, par. par I, um, yeah, if I if I was looking to acquire um, Tyrod Taylor, then I probably wouldn't scoff at giving up Parham. Okay, how about Philip Lindsay? That was the, the You're just his trying teammate. to break my heart by I am. him in here, so I'm not even <laughs> going to respond to that. All right, you're not going to validate it. So you're, you're much more out on Tyrod Taylor. I definitely agree. He's not been fantastic, but. If he has one of, of 32 starting jobs, I think a lot of the same cases that you made for Jared Goff, is the player spectacular? No, but this is a team that's going to be trailing. Um, I think there's still some mobility. He's a leader. I think I think he's a good thing well, for that organization it, if, if Sean's not there. Sorry. It could earn him more of a journeyman status um, where he could be the guy that floats into – another situation next year where he's grooming another rookie somewhere else, or it it could earn him some latitude to at least start a few games next year. If he plays good soldier and keeps the team above, you know, zero wins and embarrassment. All right. Well, we've only probably got time for two of these three left. So I'm going to take the two of the more, or actually I tell you what, I'm going to pick one and then I'll let you pick which other one we want to talk about. So the one that I do want to talk about is Darnell Mooney and Gabe Davis. Um, they are separated by a tier break for you. They're a couple spots different in terms of their linear rank. So for the most part, you're very close on on the value of these two. I'm the same way. They're both in tier seven. They're in fact ranked back to back for me. Um, I've talked about uh, you know a couple months ago being able to get Mooney straight away for a third round pick. Now that they have Justin Fields, I don't see that being a, a price that's really out there. That said, I think both of these players, we, we like the talent, and their value really hasn't still caught up yet um, with really what they showed on film just even just last year as rookies. Um, so I wanted to talk about them both. I think they, you know, they probably make just as much sense for a contender as a rebuilder, but I think they're guys that if you're looking to rebuild, these are, these are great names to go try to acquire because I think they're cheap and I think they offer – um, pretty actually pretty enormous upside, especially for for Mooney. Um, you got kind of anything in terms of the type of team you'd be looking at in terms of Mooney or Davis, or just something you want to say on either player's talent? Well, these upside plays, like you said, I don't think that li- that should limit to contenders, but obviously, or uh, to rebuilders. But right. obviously, if you are a rebuilder, you should be trying to make those moves as often as possible. But if I'm a contender, I'm still trying to make those types of moves as well. Trying to remain a contender. I really love both these guys. I am. I'm guessing I would pay the freight um, behind these blacked out lines that you're going to present to me shortly. Well, let's take a look right now. So 
Dynasty price just revealed itself. Uh, Mike Davis or A.J. Dillon is one potential price you could pay. Cole Komet and a 2022 fourth, uh, random fourth. I don't know why I keep saying that. It's a fourth-round pick. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger and a 2022 fourth. So those are your three offers. Any of those stick out to you as, yes, I'm slamming except on this one or I'm making this offer in, in my leagues tomorrow? Um, and any maybe that you you see that are maybe too low or that wouldn't sort of get uh, interest from the other person? Um, I'd probably do all three um, unless I'm in a, like the Ben one. If I'm in a spot where I'm just really relying on him to be one uh-huh. of my two quarterbacks, mm-hmm. then it might be a little tough. But um, same deal with Mike Davis. Uh it might be a little hard if I'm just kind of stuck in a spot where I'm too reliant on him. But if you can afford, if, you know, if he's your RB four or five, absolutely. Right. I'm doing that deal. AJ Dillon, I'm doing that deal. Uh, Cole Komet in the 2022 fourth. If we're talking tight end premium, that's close, but yep. um, I'd maybe try to pivot off that, I guess, but I think it's fair. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to go to your tried and true, you know, yeah, trade Cole Komet away and, and just wait for Hunter Long or, or Brevin Jordan to get dropped week three in your dynasty league and go scoop him up. That's because, a good point. Because that's essentially what I did with Cole Komet in a, in a fair amount of leagues last year. Is this, He really did get, you know, dumped or I was able to go, you know, buy him for very cheap because people, uh, they expect the world of, of rookie tight ends. And, and uh, I hope that's not uh, a sign of things to come for uh, Kyle Pitts or, you know, kind of a guy we've talked about a lot on here. Uh, there's two more here. One's a set of tight ends and one's a grouping of wide receivers. Is there one you'd prefer to go to? Um, I think let's do the tight ends cause those okay. receivers just, uh, I don't really have a strong take on any of them. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm good with that. I really still like the talent of both of these players. One of them actually came up in our episode last year's or last year, last week. Um, so maybe I'll focus more on the other name. The two names are OJ Howard. Um, and Tyler Higby, a guy that we did talk about last week. So I'll just talk about OJ. Um, once again, early in the season, you saw flashes from OJ. Um, it looked like he was winning himself snaps, and then he gets hurt again. Um, we've seen this in the past. He's always hurt. But in terms of comparing the player on the field to a guy like Evan Ingram, who came out in his same class and is infinitely more hyped and much higher valued, I still like what I've seen out of OJ significantly better. Um, and so, you know, is it easy to see how the production is going to come, how he's going to stay healthy? You've been, you know, told this lie that he's going to be great a million times and he's never worked out. However, there's a talented player in there. And I, I just feel like right when the community is ready to totally forget a guy, especially a guy with his type of talent, that's right when, you know, the, the breakout finally does happen. And so he's a guy that I'm still I'm willing to die on that hill. I'm willing to die on the hill that O.J. Howard's a good player and he's eventually going to produce for, for, for fi- uh, fantasy and dynasty managers. Yeah, he broke my heart a little bit just by not being a superstar because yeah. I was I felt about O.J. Howard the way a lot of the community kind of felt about Kyle Pitts this year. I felt mm-hmm. so strongly about him as a prospect. I absolutely loved him. I took him at 107 in our rookie draft in our league of record. I, I was over the moon for O.J. Howard, so obviously I have an affinity for him. Um, he's coming off, uh, what was it, a, an Achilles injury? So that might be yeah. kind of a tough, uh, tough one. Yeah. early stretch of games. But 
Um, I could paint a picture for you where he becomes very relevant this year. Rob Gronkowski could fall off a cliff uh-huh. at any damn moment, and Cameron Braid isn't that scary to me. So um, O.J. Howard, I think, by week 12 could very easily, and maybe even earlier in that, he could very easily be the tight end that matters in this offense um, I, before long. I totally agree. And then Tyler Higby, real quick, I'll just refresh people on our take kind of from last week. Um, it's essentially that he was, you know, being valued very highly last year. He did show good things in 2019. And now we're looking at a team that doesn't have Gerald Everett, that the only other competition for him at the tight end position for targets is uh, Bryson Hopkins, the rookie uh, last year out of uh, Purdue, if, if I'm not mistaken on that one. Um, so Higby, still a talented player, still very good after the catch. And his value, I mean, people have soured on him in such a significant way. He's a pretty easy guy to make fun of just because of the meteoric rise and then the historic, you know, face plant from last year. I think that there's a perception around him that um, just isn't quite uh, doesn't quite capture his value correctly. So I'm going to reveal the prices here Uh, again. This is O.J. Howard and Tyler Higby in a tight end premium. Uh, Here we go. Newt's 2022 third. Any random third Uh, Josh Reynolds. Or Naheem Hines, either of those guys for O.J. Howard or Tyler Higby. I would do Reynolds and Hines for sure. The third, okay. I feel like, might be a little rich. I, you might be able to pry them for a fourth and something minor. I a third, I don't know, man. That's it's kind of it's probably fair, but I, I think you could get them for less. To be honest with you. Well, what's, what's interesting to me is, is I kind of felt the same way, but then I asked myself if I would, because I'm with you, I would pay Reynolds and I would pay Hines to go get one of these players, especially if I was in a tight end premium and I needed some help there. However, I don't know that I would just straight away take a third for either of those, or I would take a fourth for either of those players. So I felt like I was trying to get three yeah, assets that's that true. I sort of grouped similarly. So, so it's interesting because... I sort of feel the same way, but at the same time, how do you sort of square that circle? Do you know what I'm trying to say? I will say I I wouldn't sell them for a fourth if that offer came into my inbox. But if they offered me a third, I'd probably click accept if I could afford to lose them. You're obviously not counting on them to be starters. So um, I just think thirds can be nice little finishing touches on trades, uh, bigger trades. So I like to have those types of picks. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a good spot to uh, to cut it off. I don't want to get over an hour anytime we do that and people start losing focus. So uh, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, Newts, as always, it was uh, it was fantastic talking to you. It's you know, it's hard. I, I, I miss talking to you twice a week. It's almost like uh, I got to get caught up for 15 minutes every time, you know, we kind of see each other now because we're not doing quite as many pods. But um, I always enjoy it. Yeah, I feel a little rusty going down to one a week. Right. So, um... Yeah. I look forward to the season starting, though. It would be kind of a stretch to create another hour of content every week with not oh, much yeah. going on. But I liked the the bit you came up with this week. I think it was fun. Absolutely. You can find uh, either of us on Twitter. You are at Nasty Newts. I am at Dynasty Oasis. Uh, this is obviously the Dynasty Oasis podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and review. Um, we thank you so much for listening, and uh, we look forward to uh, – I don't know what we got on the docket for next week. We're flying by the seat of the pants, uh, seat of our pants. That's why you love us. Uh, we'll have something for you next uh, Monday slash Tuesday. So uh, I look forward to it, Newts, and uh, thanks for joining me. 
Yeah, great. Big breaking news. Vikings claimed center Cole Cabral off waivers. So uh, just let that soak in, everybody. I, I want to scream Cabral really loud, but I'm not <laughs> going to do it. I'm not going to blow out everybody's eardrums. All right. I uh, appreciate you, everybody listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Later.